Welcome to Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. I'm here along with Dr. Brian Goff. Hello, Brian. Hello, Sheila. And Dr. Jenna Lejeune. Hello. I think this is my biggest interview that I have done on this podcast because we're talking with American singer-songwriter, Lau. I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, best. I love that. Fantastic. Great. Yep. <laughs> Lau. I like me better when we're just super happy to talk with him. Thank you so much. Everything that you're doing with your mental health platform is exactly what we do at our podcast. We try to normalize the conversation about suffering. We try to give people different ways of thinking about their lives. And we also just try to connect people. So first of all, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm like gushing from everything you just said. Well, I want you to go back to 2018 when you first wrote an open letter to your fans regarding your mental health. Tell me what was going on back then. Yeah, um, basically, well, let's see. Basically, at the end of 2018, going into 2019, I just hit a big low, and I kind of didn't recognize what was going on. I was feeling like I, I needed to quit music. I was feeling... I was having, I was experiencing a lot of uh, what I didn't recognize at the time to be OCD symptoms, but I was just like having a lot of obsessive bad thoughts. And got to the point where it was so bad that I couldn't really get out of bed, and I was just like journaling over and over. I just wish that I could wake up. And calling my parents, and calling my sisters. I just wish that I could wake up. And, um, I felt like I couldn't make any progress in, on like anything real in my life, you know, especially my, my music and my career. And um, I wanted to sort of write an open letter as I started to figure out what was happening. Trying to take control, but I don't know how to. I don't want to be sad forever. I don't want to be sad no more. To let my fans know, you know, kind of what was going on and why maybe my album was taking longer than I had, you know, originally hoped. But two, because I, you know, I found like the same way that, you know, at the time, one of my best friends, he, you know, he is somebody who's experienced depression and bipolar disorder. He was like the first person to be like, I think you might have like an actual chemical issue going on. Like it's not like rational anymore. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be sad anymore. Wow. And I think him, him opening up to me about it and helping me kind of made me realize that I wanted to do the same thing. It's super cool when someone can be so unbelievably um, trustworthy to say to you, I'm worried about you. I, re I really think you need to get some help. How did you react to that? Um, for a while, I was very, like, resistant. Like, I was like, I don't think so. Like, I think I have to just, like, figure out, like, I have to just think different. And, yeah, and I was sort of like, it was weird. It was a very weird time in my life. And honestly, so it's kind of like a blur because it was such a bad time, I guess. Um, and at first I was very resistant, you know, I'd been seeing a therapist, but, um, not very consistently. And that was about all I was doing. And so, but eventually it got to the point where I was doing so badly. Um, and mental health issues are something that run in my family, like genetically, like my dad, um, was, you know, extremely depressed for a period of time in his life and had to be, um, he had to start taking medication and has been on medication ever since. And, you know, one of my sisters has gone through a lot of struggles herself. I think, you know, as I was talking more to my family, they were like, are you really should? Like, as I was explaining more what was going on in my life, they were like, you really, like, you should do more. Like, you should go see a psychiatrist, for example. And that was sort of when I finally was like, okay, like, I have no other options at this point. Like, I have to, I have to, like, trust the people around me. 
So what, how did your fans react? Did you have a, a pretty good reaction from people who said, we think it's pretty cool that you're opening up about this? I was really, really nervous because part of, I think, my what was happening with my issue is I felt like it wasn't valid. You know, in my head, there was a voice that was telling me what I was experiencing wasn't valid enough to be talked about or wasn't valid enough to be dealt with. And I think that's part of the issue, you know, with mental illness is, you know, you are experiencing such, you know, such lows and, and, and you're in a bad place, but you're also sort of like in your head telling yourself that it's not, it's not real and like you should just get out of it, you know, and like you don't have to, it's just like easy to get out of or something. And um, uh, when I, you know, originally opened up about it, actually a lot of people were, were very um, supportive. I got a lot of, you know, texts and, you know, messages from people which I was, you know, originally I was super nervous, but it ended up being really um, beautiful, I think. That's cool. All right, we're going to bring in um, Dr. Brian Goff and Dr. Jenna Lejeune. They're my co-hosts here, and they're, of course, really supportive of what you're doing as well. Yeah, one of the things I'm I'm just so appreciative of, of what you're saying is that what can happen when we keep these things in our head is we sort of we can dismiss them. We can invalidate ourselves like, well, it's not really that bad. Maybe if I just try harder or if I just think exactly. differently, right? Yeah. And it's not until you actually put it out there and you can actually hear other people say things like, oh, yeah, I had that same experience or something really similar and I got this kind of help or I did this thing and that was useful. Then you start to sort of see, oh, maybe it's not just that I have to try harder or that this is just some little thing that, you know, don't make such a big deal about it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I, totally. I love, Ari, is that your um, honesty about these topics has really just spawned a bunch of bangers. I mean, you have just so many songs now that are brutally honest about the human condition. I'm so tired um, and and sad forever. Uh, drugs and the internet. They all feel to me like they might have been written in a room where you actually were feeling pretty low, but then you turned them into these incredibly ear-catching songs. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, especially Drugs and the Internet. That song was very, very therapeutic for me to write. So I'm real curious because all of us have this issue once we've gone through something like you've described of really wanting to help others and you only have so much capacity so how are you reconciling probably the millions of fans who want to talk to you about this issue who want to relate to you about this with your capacity as a human being and as a performer it's definitely it's definitely hard you know obviously it can only get to a certain level of personal uh personal myths which it's not a word but um you know what i mean and but one thing I've been doing, I have this project called My Blue Thoughts, um, which has been something I had like started about I think two years ago on tour, yeah. where um, I created a box where people could anonymously write on a piece of paper anything that was going on in their life, and I would encourage it at every show. And you know, people would write about anything from suffering from eating disorders to losing a parent to uh, you know writing about a bad breakup uh, to being to being in love with their best friend. Like people would really open up. I thought that was really special. Um, and as of, you know, the past couple of months, I actually uh, partnered with Microsoft and we've kind of turned it into um, a much bigger thing where now it's going to be like a booth where people can go in and they can um, anonymously speak and there will be like a silhouette of them instead of, you know, so it's not. Um, 
and they can speak about anything, and there's going to be uh, technology, AI technology that basically analyzes uh, the, you know, the speech for keywords um, that can connect people all over the world. Um, there's also going to be an online portion that does the same thing. Wow. And is it going to connect them also to resources so that they can take that first step to getting help? Or is it, is it this just the connection piece? It's mostly about the connection piece. I mean, yeah. the, I've you know made available definitely uh, a lot of different resources on my website. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I you know consistently talk about. Although, I mean, I might say, Sheila, that even though I'm a therapist and obviously I, you know, I always am encouraging therapy, even that connection piece is for many people like that's the resource they need. The yeah, resource right. they need yeah. is to know, oh, I'm not alone in this. Right. right? Um, yeah. yeah. So I just think that is so huge. Yeah. I think that um, just just acknowledging that it's like this is a, this is part of the human condition. This is part of the human experience. Um, one of the tough things about I'm going to solve it myself. Your initial response love, to what was going on is it's so isolating that if you just say, "Hey, me too," um, you get this like social support there. The other thing that I wanted to say was I find I find a lot of your songs like as as Sheila was saying, brutally honest, but also hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something about saying, "Look, there's." There's space to feel these things and engage in the world and do things and connect and belong instead of, you know, uh, you got to push it away or fall into the abyss. Yeah. Or fix right. it and then you get to engage right. in the world. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's also so many artists choose kind of nihilism in their lyrics when they're feeling this way. And I just right? appreciate that you do not. <laughs> it <Exactly>. means something, <laughs> you know. I, I wonder about Technology Lab because it, there's so many benefits that we can have from new technology. But it's also, I think that the future of connection has got to return to What's human? Me sitting across from Brian and Jenna, you know, me holding someone's hand, kissing their lips, like I'm so about that human thing because my devices have made me sort of sick. Yeah. No, I think um, that's that's the, the tricky thing, especially with social media and how connected everybody is. You know, I think a lot of people are talking about it now, but, you know, it's like you have infinite possibilities at your fingertips and infinite potential connections, but it's not really, it's not very human. Um, and it allows you, you know, when you're in a conversation, you can't sit there and think about what you're going to say over and over until you like find the perfect scripted version. <laughs> you know so what I mean? Like, you say what you feel. <laughs> and so it's like, real. you think about on the internet, it allows you to like overthink every single thing like infinitely, right. which is so bad. I think for, you know, in terms of like how you rewire your brain, you know, right. from being, just human and candid to becoming sort of this, I don't know, like almost robotic analytical person. Totally. Yeah, you become a caricature. Yeah. You know? And yeah, we are, don't you find this, like we are connected in the social media sense, but we're also disconnected either in spite of it or maybe because of it, that you can have a million followers and still write a song like Fuck I'm Lonely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lauv, um, I have interviewed artists throughout my life, and I always notice this thing where people are really open, they're vulnerable when they're on the ascent, and then suddenly something happens. It's almost like they get too much attention, too much pressure, too many requests, and they just have to shut down. 
What are you doing, because you seem like such a sensitive guy, to make sure that you don't hit that point in your career? That's, uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, I think that's something I'm kind of navigating as I go. Um, I think, for me, I guess the type of person I am is I really feed off the energy of being like open, like I always, I feel more comfortable when I, like I'm the type of person when I meet somebody, like oftentimes, even if I don't know them that well, if I feel comfortable with them, I will spill like everything about my life and I'm an open book. And for whatever reason that I find that more rewarding and I feel like the pressure actually goes away because it's like people aren't guessing what's going on with me and they're not like, they're not like judging me based on not knowing. And, um, but I imagine at a certain point it must, it must become exhausting. I guess I just haven't really, uh, about that yet. Well, I'm so glad we got to talk to you before. If it is going to happen, we managed to be able to meet you and be able to like pick your brain before. I I don't think it's going to happen to you, Lav. I mean, you're you have so much um, brutal honesty in terms of what you've been through and and the skills that it's given you. I I don't foresee that happening with you somehow. I think you're going to be great. <laughs> I hope you're right. Hey. When you unveil this in October, this platform with Microsoft, what's your biggest dream? Like the first day at that concert, what do you sort of are hoping that takes place there? I guess I'm hoping that people really use it like a non-religious confessional and like that people really go in Hmm. and speak from their hearts. You know, I think um, the biggest difference is like, you know, before when when it was a, a system where people were writing on notes, um, you know, there is that opportunity for people to filter themselves so much and, and to not really share, you know, their most candid parts of themselves. And I think now that there's going to be this opportunity to walk into a booth and to just speak, you know, and to just let it go, I think um, I think my biggest hope is just that we get more uh, more of an opportunity for people to be candid and to be, you know, very real. And I think that'll be a catharsis. That's awesome. So That's this is your first solo tour, correct? Are you still producing new music for that tour? Or are you pretty much wrapped up with what you're going to be performing? Um, I'm working on my album right now, and it's called How I'm Feeling. Um, so, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the, uh, the thick of it. Are you doing many more collaborations with Troy, Troy Savant? Uh, who knows? I mean, he's, he's become a, a close friend, and um, I mean, that would be kind of fun if we made another song together. Yeah, you guys have real, it's just a beautiful chemistry between you two. I hope to see more of it. Well, Lav, I think we've been invited to come to the uh, launch, and the three of us are hoping so much that we get some time with you, and congratulations on this collaboration with Microsoft. It's super cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the work you're doing. That I can't tell you how many times I have people who come into my office and say, oh, you know, I heard this song, and it really helped me, you know, realize that I could get some help or that I'm not alone in this or I read this poem. So I think, you know, you are just doing such a service by putting your voice out there. So thank you. I feel like what you're doing is what your friend did for you. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. What a great way to put it, Brian. Yeah. Really cool. Thank you. Yeah, love. Uh, our podcast is called Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton, and we talk about this kind of stuff every single day so you can put it in your ear when you're traveling. I hope you join us. I will. Thank you, you bet. So Take good care, love. Thank you.